0: You're listening to the Hindu Business Line's Field Notes
1: podcast with T.R. Vivek. Hello and welcome listeners to another episode of Field Notes, a weekly podcast from the Hindu Business Line on all things agribusiness. I'm your host, T.R. Vivek. Field Notes is, of course, available on our website www.businessline.in. And you can find us on all the platforms you get your podcast downloads from regularly, Apple and Google Podcasts and Spotify. Now you can also watch the show on Business Line's YouTube channel. Please do subscribe to us or follow us on the platforms of your choice. If you have feedback or comments or would like to hear on any issue in particular, you can write to me. My email is in the show's notes. Right then, I promise you, this is going to be a very special show. One that I'm personally very excited about. Today we'll be talking about fertilizers and about a new Indian invention whose market potential could run into several thousand crores. India uses about 60 million tons of fertilizers annually. The government spends nearly 1 lakh crore rupees in fertilizer subsidy or just about 7000 rupees per farmer. This acts as a perverse incentive sometimes for farmers to use fertilizers far, far in excess of what would be optimal. The uh, indiscriminate use uh, leads to soil infertility and the fertilizer runoffs end up polluting our precious uh, water bodies and harms human and animal life. To reduce the usage of urea, the chief fertilizer, IFCO or the Indian Farmers Fertilizer Cooperative that produces and markets them, has a few days ago commercially launched nano urea in liquid form that can reduce the need for solid urea by up to fifty percent or uh, nearly fourteen million tons, saving the farmers about twenty eight thousand. Ifco says that this is that the commercial production of nano urea marks a breakthrough. Talk us about this, we have Dr. Ramesh Ralia, the inventor of nano urea. Ramesh Ralia is currently the general manager of Ifco and the head of its nanotech R and D center in Gandhi Nagar. Ralia comes from a farming family from a small village in Rajasthan's Jodhpur district he received uh, the patents for the nano urea while doing his research in Washington university at saint louis in the us dr ralia has given the license or licensed his inventions to ifco for the benefit of indian farmers virtually for free and welcome to uh, business lines field note thank you for having me here i uh, dr ralia your uh, Sounds to be a very, very inspiring story. Um, first, uh, you know, before we get to that, tell us about what is this nano urea and, and why is it so important? Why is IFCO so excited about it?
0: Nano urea is a nitrogenous fertilizer. It provides nitrogen to the plant uh, when sprayed on the crop leaves. It has a special feature that this uh, urea nitrogenous fertilizer is converted into nano scale and nanoscale is one nanometer is one billionth of the meter. So, it is very fine, very small size particle. When we spray these particles on plant leaves, plant leaves have small openings that is called stomata. So, plant leaves can uptake these particles efficiently and this nutrient can be provided to the plants. So, it, this nano urea ifco is very excited about because of two reasons: one, that it will require less to produce same or more, what we are producing with conventional urea. And second, uh, that it will minimize the environmental runoff of nitrogenous fertilizers. So that will help uh, our environment, that will increase the efforts towards environmental sustainability through agriculture. As we all know that conventional urea, 60 to 70 percent getting runoff into environment and it causes into greenhouse gas emissions, whether it is nitrous oxide or ammonia emission that affect our environmental health. Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, ifco, as a a producer of fertilizers, uh, has has been campaigning or trying to reduce fertilizer consumption in the country. Uh, you know, in in several states like Punjab, where the per capita consumption of of fertilizers is as high as about what, nearly 250 kilograms per hectare against a national average, say, of about 150. So, you know, things are very serious on this front. And so, how does nano urea bring down the consumption of conventional urea? And what is its commercial potential? As you rightly
0: said that the a huge ratio of fertilizer mainly considered as NPK huge ratio so it is highly skyrocketed when we compare to the national ideal average so for that reason that high use of chemical fertilizer are affecting our soil health as well like for example using high amount of urea is it is affecting soil pH and, and influence of soil pH also influence the nutrient uptake of other micro and macronutrient for the crops. Mm-hmm. D- using this nano urea, we can reduce the consumption of conventional urea by 50%, which is broadcasted after the seed germination. Mm-hmm. So, what we can do that in is we can reduce the 50% of conventional urea and then use the nano urea instead of that, and that will Uh, save the cost for the farmers from the agriculture input perspective, but it will have large benefit from the environmental perspective, from soil health perspective, from increasing the crop productivity perspective. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm told that uh, one half litre bottle of nano urea is equivalent to about a 45 kg bag of conventional urea. So that has huge implications for in terms of transport or storage costs. Uh, Can you show us uh, a a, a bottle if you have it handy?
0: Absolutely. So you can see a a half liter bottle in my hand. It is uh, just 500 ml bottle. The impact that we are getting from a 45 kg bag on the crop, the same impact on crop response we can get from this 500 ml nano urea product when we spray through foliar applications. Uh, so this will, as you mentioned, it will help uh, storage and transportation. And through transportation, it will further help in the environmental manage, environmental pollution management perspective. Because today, if we talk about uh, one bottle is equal to one bag, like in terms of its impact, so if I have to send let's say like 1000 uh, bags of urea 1000 bag of urea for a village farming unit as a village i need a big truck for that mm-hmm. and if i have to send a 1000 bottles i can send just through a courier mm-hmm. uh, so that will uh, help in very big way from the logistic perspective from transport perspective and further it will help that we can also send to the hilly regions where like transportation is not an easy task and uh, that one more benefit I would like to mention that the conventional urea typically farmers buy and utilize in the same season because if they if they keep that urea bag storage then this urea get agglomerated uh, urea granule become agglomerated or if there is high moisture it affects the quality but in this case because it is in bottle and these particles are very stable up to two years
1: Mm-hmm. Is this truly uh, a first of its kind product in the world? Uh, you know, uh, one would imagine that uh, large uh, agrochemical companies or uh, agritech companies like Bayer or Syngenta uh, would have been working on something like this?
0: I cannot name any organization because I'm in an organization. But I can okay. say that many companies are working on nanotechnology-based efforts uh, okay. for agrochemical and agricultural uses whether it is pesticides, herbicides or fertilizers. So, they are working on that. Uh, But this Nano-Urea, IFCO, is the first organization who invented, developed and commercially translated this product first time in the world. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Dr. Ralia, tell us about why conventional urea is so harmful for the ecology and how does the usage of Nano-Urea, how does it mitigate those ill effects so if we talk about
0: conventional urea the harm harmful impact comes with two one is the huge efficiency is less and then using in very high amount when what do you mean efficiency is less efficiency is less means uh, when we uh, broadcast the conventional urea on the crop mm-hmm. plant only take 30 to 40 percent in best guesses mm-hmm. So, let's say I apply 100 kg of urea, plant will take just 30 to 40 kg of that.
1: So 60 it's, to it's, it's thrown on the soil, you know, it is distributed.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, I can describe little of that mechanism that when we throw the urea granule on the soil surface, there is an enzyme called urease. That urease enzyme basically break down or hydrolyze that urea granule or that get, because of the moisture that get hydrolyzed and then Mm -hmm. plant uptake in form of ions. So during this process, uh, because it is an open atmosphere, so it gets reacted with the environment and it convert into nitrous oxide Mm -hmm. or it it get volatilized and emit in form of ammonia gas or it get leaches and enter into our uh, groundwater where it contribute to the nitrate contamination. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if we use in excess amount, if it remain in the soil, it will influence the pH, our soil become more acidic, and when soil pH gets changed, it affects the other nutrients because plant uptake all the nutrients based on the soil rhizosphere pH because all the nutrient uptake is directly related with the pH of the rhizosphere and the concentration of that nutrient in the plant cell. Second, if it emit in form of ammonia as an emission and and that contributes in form of NOx to the environmental pollution. And the second is uh, uh, nitrous oxide emission, which is one of the potent greenhouse gases. And nitrous oxide is uh, 300 times more potent than carbon dioxide that we talk about when we talk about climate change or global warming or greenhouse impact when we use nano urea nano urea has high use efficiency its use efficiency when we apply through foliar application the use efficiency is over eighty five. by
1: time. foliar application you mean that uh, sprayed in the form of a spray. liquid on the on the on the plant itself
0: yes spray on the plant leaves okay so when we spray these nano urea on plant leaves its uptake efficiency is better so plant use it very efficiently. And then when we spray, they are in the particle form, not in the ionic form. So these particle form uptake by the plants through, on the plant leaf, there is a small, small structure, hair-like structure that we call hydathodes in the scientific term, or small pores, which we call stomata. So plant uptake these uh, nanoparticles through those and then once it is entered inside the plant cell inside the plant cell there is a transport mechanism that is called phloem trans- translocation mechanism that these are basically that certain small micro micro tube like structure they transport the nutrients based on the plants requirement
1: dr ralia in in, in layman terms would it be like uh taking an intravenous injection rather than popping a pill in its immediacy and efficacy
0: yeah you can say that mm-hmm. you can say that it's an intravenous injection basically going directly into the uh, cellular part of the plant and another okay. thing is passive uptake which you have compared with the capsule
1: okay okay uh, dr Ralia, tell us about your own research and interest in this area and uh, how you ended up working with, with IFCO? Because your research, you conducted your research in Washington University in, in St. Louis after your PhD in India for your postdoctoral research. So tell us about, uh, and, and your patents involving nano urea as well. So I born
0: and raised on a farm field. My parents are doing farming. And since childhood, I have seen that my parents are buying fertilizer in more and more quantity every year and productivity is near or less near or more same amount mm-hmm. so when i enter into like in higher uh, higher secondary school I started understanding about plant biology then i did uh, bachelor's in uh, botany then master's in plant biotechnology at that time I started understanding about the nutrient use efficiency the efficiency of fertilizers and like that that basically instigate me to do phd in uh, nutrients so i applied for world bank funded project that is national agriculture innovation project of icar indian council of agriculture research and in that uh, we have worked on several nutrients uh, which can be synthesized at the nano scale using microorganisms. Uh, we used uh, rhizospheric fungus and bacteria to synthesize those nanomaterials and then spray off those nanomaterials on plant leaf and uptake. And that basically lead me since 2008 uh, that uh, these nanoscale particles has potential to increase the use efficiency. And when we compare them with bulk, they require in less amount, but they are giving equal or better impact than the conventional Uh, fertilizer of their bulk counterpart Mm -hmm. Then, when i went to washington university then i took a task that how can these particles scale up at the industrial scale because at research scale we make the materials in milligrams in milliliters but then whenever we talk about agrochemicals they require in tonnage or metric tonnage or mass metric tonnage so i tried very uh, like different different methods to manufacture these nanoparticles I used chemical synthesis, physical synthesis, uh, biological synthesis, and aerosol synthesis. Mm -hmm. And among that, we were able to to get success in terms of making these nanoparticles at large scale amount and with cost-effective technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then at that time, uh, I was having that feeling for the nation and... I told my parents that uh, I have developed such fertilizer, which like you guys are keep buying in bags and bags, and that is not useful for the crops, majority of the part you are putting into the environment. Then my parents says that, uh, like, can you send us something? Then I told him that it's just an half liter or kilograms you can put into a large field. Then they were saying that it cannot be real. Maybe like something you are joking. So then I really sent that sample to my parents and I asked, I requested them that one year for one season, you take a risk on my name and uh, put into the field. And ultimately they found very good result. And that basically replicated my farm trial in United States. I replicated that trial in India. Then I thought that how can I help like farmers, like my father across the country Uh, because More than 50% of Indian population is directly doing the agriculture and large part of people and their employment is depends on agriculture. So I wrote a letter to prime minister in 2015 that I have developed such such nutrient fertilizer and this nanotechnology should be used in fertilizer and also in education as well. Mm -hmm. Then ultimately I received an invitation in 2017 from prime minister office and ministry of chemical and fertilizer government of india that you come you're and telling me
1: that you, your your first communication did not uh, uh, elicit any response so you had to you kept you kept on writing probably you, you succeeded at getting a hearing at, uh, at at the third time of asking is that right
0: yeah so i wrote
1: in 2015
0: then i wrote in 2016 and then 2017 mm-hmm. except 2018 i write i'm i'm writing letter to the to the prime minister office every year to get that until I returned to India. So in 2017, actually they responded and they asked me to come and give a presentation. And then I gave a presentation uh, in front of secretary fertilizer and the industry uh, leaders of uh, India's fertilizer industry. Mm -hmm. And among them, two industries were there, among uh, two industries followed it up back with me, among that one was Ifco. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Ifco officials visited me uh, in Saint Louis, and they have seen my field trials. They have seen uh, the way I was working uh, our laboratories and our scaled-up things. Then they asked me that, "Can we uh, like have that association?" Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like I. I came to meet IFCO management. I gave my presentation to them. Uh, IFCO's uh, managing director asked me that, how big you know about IFCO? Like, because I was uh, thinking that IFCO is a government organization. Then uh, he asked me the question that, how long and you know about IFCO? Then I told him that I know IFCO because in my childhood, uh, when I was an school kid, Uh, then our uh, family economic situation is not that great and I like I like my family couldn't afford even the school bags fancy school bags but I have used the urea bag or DFE bags as my school bag Mm -hmm. uh, because they're like water resistant bags like that so 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 then like Dr. Avasti ensured me that if you get associated with IFCO Uh, we can have this fertilizer, most technologically advanced fertilizer for farmers. Uh, Mr.
1: Avasti would be the uh, CEO and Managing Director of IFCO.
0: Yeah, he is uh, the CEO and uh, Managing Director for IFCO. But I also showed him the letter which I have mentioned to the Prime Minister that in which I I mentioned that if Government of India utilized my knowledge and, and technology, I will transfer that technology at free of cost if Government of India give this fertilizer at the very minimal or very minimal cost, cost of production, at the cost of production only. And then IFCO had that commitment uh, to provide the fertilizer to the farmers of India at the very affordable price, uh, like nearly at the cost of production. So that basically inspired me to join this organization and uh, we worked here. We developed this product, uh, and after that, we launched nationwide trial in two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. We have tested
1: so let, me, this. let me let me get this right. So this was your this was the precondition you set uh, to the government of India that that you would give them the technology for free, if. You know, provided they, they 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 in turn provided this to the farmers at cost price or or at a, at a at reasonable cost, not market prices.
0: Yes, I have I have written, I have sent in the written writing to the prime minister office that if government of India utilises my technology, I will give at free of cost this patent patented technology.
1: Doctor Ralia, this guy this this almost sounds insane. You know, uh, you're, you're you're a young man. You're 33. Uh, and working at uh, uh, leading uh, research institute um, uh, in United States. And uh, if indeed this, this is a breakthrough technology, you, you, you could have had uh, large companies queuing up at your doorstep, wanting to license it and, and probably employing you at uh, six or seven figure salaries. Uh, see, I
0: always believe like being uh, born and raised at farm family, I always learned from my parents that Money is not everything. What we can provide in terms of service uh, to the community, that's the big thing. And for me, the community is entire farming community. When I was in US, I, was, I developed a startup company there to having help of this advanced technology to the, all the farmers of the world. Even mm-hmm. still, I dream that my fertilizer will reach to all the farmers of the world at affordable price. So I did not consider money as the priority. I considered that how my technology can help the farmers because by studying well, by having a good job, I can transform my, my own uh, lifestyle. But if I cannot transform the lifestyle of my fellow countrymen or my fellow community members, Uh, it means that I am failed at the community responsibility. I may have succeeded at the personal goal or personal level, but I am failed at large because when you have, I believe that when you have knowledge, when you have empowerment, then you have another responsibility to make others empower through your knowledge or through your resources. So that's what I have learned that whatever the resources in terms of knowledge or other resources, if i don't share then there is no value so that's why i believe that even if i just need uh, a money which i can survive but the other things i should donate or i should uh, give away to the farmers and this is not give away because as a scientist i feel that this is not an giving away but this is an investment this is my investment for my environment this is an investment for my country and uh, the realization maybe happened after five years or 10 years when like, that's what like I'm dreaming that if India started producing this nano fertilizer and recently if gave this technology to the National Fertilizer Limited, Rusty Chemical Fertilizer Limited and all farmers are getting this. Today, India is importing urea, some major part of urea we are importing. If India stop the importing, I can see what kind of relief moment for me that India will save thousands of crores and those thousands of crores if can be spent on farmers, let's say to save their, uh, to wave off their farm loans or some other things, that will be a big relief for me. That's a big check for myself. And if my products can bring an smile, that is the uh, money or that is the thing I have. Anyone can smile because of my work. That is the more bigger money than just a paper having certain value
1: mm-hmm. now that's, that's 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 really uh, inspiring and humbling uh, dr Ali, did 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 large global corporations uh, did they approach you were were you in touch with them uh, with regards to developing this product further uh, when
0: i was working at washington university i was in touch with more than 60 countries and you can imagine the number of companies working in those countries, whether it is uh, Middle Eastern, whether it is China or US companies, or the European companies and the companies who work in uh, African countries for the trials and tests. So I was in touch with them. Many people have offered uh, many things, but I was having certain terms and conditions that, like my first and foremost condition was, you have to provide the fertilizer at the affordable cost to the farmers. You know, Mm -hmm. like, When we talk about uh, democracy, I I use, in terms of technology, is a technological democracy. You can develop a technology, but unless and until everyone can access it, it has no use. So we have to develop the technology, but also make it accessible to the poorest person. Then it's a real worth for that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So something like this, I I imagine, would be rather expensive if if. Uh, if the government hadn't decided to uh, sell it to the farmers at at cost price, uh, say if it were in the hands of uh, a large multinational company, uh, it would fetch uh, a decent price, I suppose. Uh,
0: Like I would say in the United States, we were putting the cost of production is around uh, like selling price. We were estimating the seat that we have developed is about $1,600 for a Mm litre. So $1,600 is about, about 1 lakh rupees plus, I believe, in Indian currency. Mm-hmm. 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 So it would have been very costly if it had been through like some other means. Uh, but you know, like when we go for scale up, we can use certain technologies, certain approach to make the things affordable.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Ralia, tell us about uh, the results of the tests that you conducted uh, you know, in India for, for, for this product and what kind of productivity improvements did you, did you notice and, and what was its efficacy?
0: We tested this product on more than 11,000 farmers' field. We collaborated with Indian Council of Agriculture Research Institutes and State Agricultural Universities we tested this 94 crops and what we have found that when you reduce the conventional urea by broadcast by 50 percent and use the nano urea your on an average crop yield will increase by 8 mm-hmm. percent uh, we have also test in certain conditions the 100 percent replacement uh, but current recommendation is the eight percent, fifty percent replacement of conventional urea and use of nano urea, uh, because the reason is uh, that country is also producing urea uh, in certain amount and also our long term trials, like long term trials are ongoing. So that's why we are gradually introducing so that it can easily be accepted by the farmers. It can be practiced by the farmers. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm and and you were telling me that uh, in, in the case of some horticultural uh, 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 produce the efficacy is even higher it, it yes. can go up yeah. it can go up to about
0: 25% yeah so we have tested on like cabbage we have tested on chili uh, on tomato uh, cucumber uh, potato in that case the productivity uh, production increased up to 25% and that is very significant in fact uh, uh, we have tested the product quality uh, from the nutrition parameter perspective and we found that when we use nano urea, it basically increased the nutritional quality in terms of protein content, carbohydrate content, fiber content and other nutritional. And because you know that nitrogen is the key parameter increasing the grain protein concentration that is called GPC and that is one of the nutritional parameter to determine that how nutritional rich the grains are. So by applying this nano urea, the GPC, grain protein concentration is also in.
1: And um, now the commercial uh, production has commenced uh, for, for nano urea? Uh,
0: since uh, June 1st of this year, uh, uh, the commercial production has been started at uh, uh, Kalol, Gujarat, Gandhinagar, that's post mother unit, uh, mm-hmm. where the production has been started. Uh, This product, after the test and trial, was submitted to Government of India uh, for the, that is called Central Fertilizer Committee. And that committee has evaluated these products. And this product also tested for safety and toxicity as per the Department of Biotechnology Government of India Guideline. That basically tells that when you have any kind of nanomaterials for agricultural application, what kind of safety and toxicity assessment test to be done. Like, for example, when you spray, this is foliar spray on the crop leaves. So it can be get inhaled or it can be touched with the skin or eyes or nose or in terms of runoff, it can come in touch with fish, earthworms, microbes, beneficial microbes or uh, like feces at the embryo stage or larger feces, tropical feces. So we have tested this material for, from the safety and toxicity perspective as well as per the DBT guideline. We went little further because we also want to serve the global farmers. So we tested this product as per OECD guideline, Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development that is valid throughout the globe from the GLP practice-based test. And that is good laboratory practice that is globally harmonized protocols. And this product is past all the safety and toxicity assessment tests. It's completely safe at the recommended doses.
1: Okay. Okay. Dr. Ralia, that was really, really inspiring. And thank you very much for uh, joining us on Feel Notes podcast. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it.
0: Thank you.